Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. The city of San Diego is considering changing the way we choose elected officials. A proposed November ballot measure would change city elections to a system called instant runoff or ranked choice voting. David Garrett covers the city for the UT. David, let's start with the basics here. Can you explain how ranked choice voting works? Um, I can. It's a mouthful. I'll do my best. Um, Basically, uh, it's it's sort of it's called instant runoff voting by a lot of people, and I think that name sort of helps uh, crystallize what it is. Um, you know, a good example is if you're voting for a third party candidate and you're worried that your vote is wasted because you know that person can't really win, and you'd rather uh, express your preference between the top two. This eliminates that concern for you. So after all the voting is in. Right. Well, I guess when when you first start to vote, you're instead of just making one vote for one person, you actually rank all the candidates, one, two, three, four, five, however many there are. Right. And then when they're calculating the votes, when they figure out who finished in last, they take all of that person's votes. Right. And the the the, the when, when they look at that vote, they see what that ballot said is their second choice. And since that person's eliminated, they split it to the second choice and so on and so on and so on. And so it really is an interesting, you know, a a way to approach it. It's very different. And I think it has a lot of uh, uh, positive goals. The question is whether it'll achieve those goals. Yeah. Give me some background here. Who is pushing for this to happen? There's about 15 different groups. uh, And they're all sort of groups that are, are grassroots, nonprofit groups who tend to have focused on you know, low-income voters not uh, participating, minority voters not participating, um, how uh, try to get money out of politics. So I wouldn't want to pigeonhole them, but in general, they're groups that are typically involved in those type of efforts. Is anyone against the idea or what are the major criticisms? Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anyone who's against it completely. I'm sure there probably is, but there's no active group that's like against it. People more take uh, quibble with details of it. Like is San Diego really ready? Um, What happens to primaries? San Diego's election system has a primary and then a general election or or a runoff, some will call it in November, right? And some folks think if we're going to go to this, we don't need primaries anymore, right? Because this is an opportunity to rank everybody. The primary is sort of a weed out process. Why do you need a weed out process when you have this? So maybe we could save some money by not having primaries, and that would be a positive. The proposal as it exists right now in San Diego would keep primaries if there are six or more candidates. If there's five or fewer candidates, there is no primary. So it sort of eliminates primaries. The folks who did it looked at 20 years of history, and they determined that 80% of the time there would be no primary, and about 20% of the time there would be a primary. So there would be a significant cost savings, but it wouldn't be the, the panacea that some folks want where there's no primaries ever. So if there was a primary, would that also be ranked voting? It would, yes. So basically, let's say, uh, and, and and five people would move on to the to the, the general election or the runoff in November. So let's say there were six, then it would just be eliminating one. But if there was eight or nine or 10 in the primary, then they would be eliminating five or so to get down to five. Um, and yes, so you would rank your list, and then that's how they would calculate it, right? They would, they would take, let's say there was only five slots for the November, and they had six, right? Whatever person finished sixth, they would take their votes and then divide it among the other people to figure out, you know, how it would play out. So 50 cities or so have already converted to this. How has it worked there? Yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I think there are folks studying it right now. A lot of these are recent. San Francisco did it maybe 15 years ago. They were an early adopter. A lot of these are, are very recent. Um, I think 
I think some people say that um, it has lived up to its potential where turnout is higher. Um, and some folks say that they're the uh, it's less polarized politics because it's a disincentive to be run attack ads and mudsling and be a, a candidate who's always a, a doing negative campaigning because theoretically you want everyone to like you because you don't want to be the last choice on anybody's ballot. You want to be the first, second or third choice on every ballot. Right. And so it, the, the theory is, I think that's playing out. Some of those things are subjective. Like what does a negative campaign look like? You can, an academic can't really evaluate our campaigns less negative. I mean, how do you define that? What is an attack ad? How ugly is an attack ad? You know, how many times does somebody send out a flyer saying that Joe Smith beats his wife, which is considered dirty politics? You know, so I, I don't know how, how I think that I guess the jury's out on that. So we're considering this at the city level. Is there any talk of this at the county or has this been done in other counties or is it, is it primarily only in cities? Um, there have been, there's, but there's some counties, I don't have the exact number. There are some counties or two states too, Alaska and Maine have done this. Um, I think somewhere in the Midwest, I think Iowa considered it last year and it failed there. Um, I, I, don't call me on that, but I'm, I'm sorry, I think I'm right on that. Um, anyway, and I think it's 53 cities, San Francisco most notably. And I think I think Oakland, maybe two. Um, so and those are really progressive cities. Although maybe the two most progressive left wing cities in the United States are, are up there, San Francisco and Oakland. So this is this tends to be considered a left wing idea. On the other hand, oddly in San Diego, when it first came, uh, when it was first sunshine in San Diego, at least in my experience, it was in 2018. And it was promoted by Chris Kate and Mark Kersey, who were two Republicans at the time. Right. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't because it, it, it really isn't necessarily a partisan issue. Some folks can paint it that way. And, and I suppose you can paint anything anyway. But it appears to be just more about like it helps third party candidates become more viable. It helps folks who maybe don't raise as much money become more viable, because a lot of times when you're a voter, you're thinking, well, I'd love to vote for Sally Smith, but she doesn't have enough money. She didn't raise enough money. And so I don't think she's going to win. So I'm not going to vote for Sally because that's a wasted vote. In this world, you could vote for Sally, and then you could have your second choice be one of the well-funded candidates. So if you end up being right that Sally didn't have enough money to be viable, then you didn't waste your vote because it got transferred to your second choice, which was one of the viable candidates. And if you turned out to be wrong and that Sally was viable, then you got to stick with Sally. You got to stick to your guns and vote your convictions and vote for Sally. And if she ended up being viable, even though she didn't raise a lot of money, then you didn't have to you know, vote for the lesser of evils. You know how when Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump are running in the 2016, a lot of folks described that election as a lesser of evils. No one really liked either of them. They just felt like you had to vote for one or the other. Right. Well, this the goal of this this instant runoff voting is to eliminate that situation. You don't have to feel like it's a lesser of evils. You can vote for someone you really are like, let's say, Ralph Nader on the left or someone on the right. You, re you really believe in David Duke, if you're a far right, right person. And you, it's not a wasted vote, because if David Duke or Ralph Nader doesn't finish in the top two, then the votes for them automatically get transferred right to whoever you picked second on your ballot. Well, it sounds like the city council is just starting to mull this over, but where do current council members stand on this idea? I have to say that it was a weird vote uh, yesterday, Wednesday, because it sort of gave the vibe like we're going to move this forward. But basically, this has no chance. They, they just they really they were they were criticizing it, but they said well, it has enough merit to move it forward. So I don't know if that was a political move. They didn't want to upset these folks who spent so much time on it. But but each of the people, I, the Sean Elo Rivera, the council president, he was mostly positive. But Joe LaCava uh, and uh, Ra Raul Campillo were mostly negative, even though they voted yes. Um, and then Chris Kate said, I love it, except you have to eliminate the primaries. And of course, this proposal 
does not eliminate the primaries. And from what I've been told, if they eliminate the primaries, they'll lose a lot of other support. So I don't think they can necessarily do that. They'll get Chris Kate, but they'll lose about a lot of other support. And Stephen Whitburn, who's a you know maybe a middle of the road Democrat, but considered a oppressive Democrat, just ripped it to shreds. Just said he hated it. He ended up voting to move forward anyway, which was really confusing. But but he, he hated it. We weren't ready for it. We should learn from other cities and learn from their mistakes. You know, I mean, he was he was uh, very negative and then and voted anyway. Yes, and I guess the thought was let's have the city attorney draw this up. Let's let the folks who are involved in it maybe take, take our feedback and try to come up with ways to appease us. And maybe some miracle magic bullet will come. And when this rolls around again for final approval in the summer, we'll, we'll be happy, happier than we are today. But I, I, I got the vibe that this is going to be something that's going to wait till 2024, 2026. That was the vibe you got that it's just not going on the ballot. And one thing to mention to our listeners is that um, a ballot measure costs roughly $500,000 for the city. So it's not just a decision like willy nilly, like let's put it on the ballot or let's not put it on the ballot. That's $500,000 that could be spent on, you know, firefighters and libraries and, you know, so many different things. So it is a big decision what gets on the ballot and what doesn't. Hmm, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Where does the cost come from? Why does it cost that much? They have to translate the entire ballot measure into like six different languages right? It lengthens the ballot, which makes the registrar of voters job harder. It, the mail out ballots cost more because they're heavier because, you know, these some of these ballot measures are six, eight pages. And this one, think about what I just described on ranked choice voting. This one is going to be a multi-page thing, right? Which means that it's going to take up more space, which means it's going to, this would probably be more costly than, than some other ballot measures. If you remember when the Charger Stadium uh, initiative went on there, I can't remember the number of pages, but it was so many pages that it cost so much money because it was so long and involved because they were trying to build a convention center in a stadium downtown. You can't do a ballot measure like that without a lot of verbiage, uh, but that's where the cost comes in. Okay, well, it sounds like a lot of council people passed it just to continue to explore the idea, but uh, like, where do you see this, this going? You know, I think long term in America, I think polarization is so bad. I think everyone sort of I don't know anybody who thinks that we're less polarized than we used to be. I think everyone sort of agrees that we are more polarized. And I think this is something I think that can combat it. But I think it's something that's probably got to be fine tuned. Um, you know, and, and, I, and that's the sort of I think the key issue is that if each municipality or locality fine tunes it to suit their needs, then there's more confusion because it's different everywhere. Whereas if, if you had instant runoff voting and it was the same in every city and every county and every state, then I think people might adopt it more easily because it will be the same everywhere instead of like, oh, well, how does it work there? Because this thing San Diego has is different than any other one I read about, right? I'm sure there's probably somebody who has a similar one, but you know what I'm saying? It's like five for the primary, five candidates going to the primary, right? I mean, again, I'm not picking on them. I'm just saying every little city does their own little nuances, which means that every time it comes somewhere, everyone's got to figure it out and figure out how it works. Whereas if it became a natural thing that everyone knew how it worked in every city and it was all the same, I would think it would get adopted and embraced more quickly. Gotcha. Okay. Well, it sounds like we're still inventing the wheel here. Uh, David, anything else you want to add? Uh, no, thanks very much for having me. Thank you.